Oh, hello. Oh, what is this? You got some kind of goat farm here? Was that the sound of the morning cock? Oh, this is fantastic. Do you grow all of them yourself? Well, look at them. Ah, those goats with their proud briskets, their playful trotters, and all those graceful withers. You know, since you seem to be someone who appreciates a finely crafted thing, uh, perhaps you appreciate the Nuzzle House family of audio podcasts, which you can find at nuzzlehouse.com. That's N-U-Z-Z-L-E-H-O-U-S-E.com. I uh, spelled it out because you look like you might be a boomer. Oh, you can find all sorts of podcasts uh, with great shapes, like Leaves of Glen, where I read to you uh, a lot like how I'm talking to you right now. What the hell is that? Uh, Gestating the Curious Mind, where my wife and I make up paranormal smut so you can get wet. And occasionally, uh, we make our own Radio Mystery Theater episodes from the 70s, uh, because they stopped making them, because uh, it went out of business, and someone's got to keep doing it. Uh, here, why don't, you, why don't you give me your phone, and I'll pull up nuzzlehouse.com so that you can listen on your podcast app of... Ch- uh, what? Uh, you don't want to listen? What the hell? I'm trying to be nice to... Okay, fine. Go back to your goats. They're the only ones who will ever love you anyways. What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so please be mindful of who around you can hear it. After the show, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you listen. The feedback helps us out a lot. And we are now on Patreon, and for $3 a month you can get early access to episodes, as well as some exclusive features like behind-the-scenes sound bites, or maybe even some giveaways. Your support is appreciated. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Lots of talking. <laughs> Lots of talking. Getting my bearings. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the Rewatch Recap. I'm your host, Dustin, and with me for the magicians, as always, is the spectacular Orlean. Hi. How you doing, Orlean? Magically, hello. I'm okay. <laughs> I, almost, yeah, I almost thought you were going to say magically delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky charms. Uh, so, okay, guys, real quick, if you want to hear about our pre-show chat about the magicians and more... Go over to Patreon for $3 a month. You can hear our weekly extra chats each Tuesday after that week's episode, and you'll also get early access to episodes the Friday before they premiere. Okay, that's out of the way. Now, we are back with episode 7, titled The Mayakovsky... It's hard to say. The Mayakovsky Circumstance. Damn it. I'm going to try that one more time. The Mayakovsky Circumstance. There's a lot of cuh and thus in that, so... Okay, so this episode aired originally on February 29th, 2016, which I wanted to say because it was a leap year. Oh, fun. Yeah, so that was kind of fun. So should we just go ahead and jump in, eh? Yeah. Should we do it? Just Let's do, this. do it. Right. Yeah. 
previously on The Magicians. So we know that Julia met Hannah, who turns out to be Katie's crappy mom. And Hannah helps Julia steal the filing cabinet of spells from Marina, but when the files appear, they are all blank, and Hannah is holding a file when she suddenly starts to bleed out from everywhere. And she's dying, and as she dies, she warns Julia to watch out because Marina is coming to get her. Meanwhile, Margot and Elliot host the trials for first years at Break Bills. After completing a number of tasks, including revealing their inner truths to each other, the first years like Quentin, Alice, Penny, and Katie all turn into geese and fly away. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and now we are somewhere in the Arctic, it appears, and all the geese are arriving in a very to a very snow-covered building. Just It's Arctic. I mean, it's going to be snow-covered, obviously. And there's a guy inside watching them arrive and listening to what sounds like some famous Italian opera. I, I It's very famous. I looked it up. I couldn't pronounce the name. I was not even going to try. So you'll know it when you hear it. It's, it's really bad. It's very just mood setting anyway. He has a drink and toasts them. Basically, he sees them and kind of raises his glass to them before putting on his hat. And okay, so what do you call this type of hat, by the way? Would you call it a ski cap, a skull cap? Oh, a beanie? A, a, okay, a beanie. Yes. You know what we call it down here? Hmm. A toboggan. And that's a sled. I don't know why we call it a toboggan. I was going to say, that's not. But also, how often do you need them down where you are? I mean, not very often. <laughs> well, we do in the, in the winter for like a, a month or two at least. Okay. So, but still, you know, I don't know why we call them a toboggan. I guess we just associated them, people wearing them when they were on toboggans. I don't know. Yeah, weird. It's just a thing. Yeah. Anyway, so he proceeds to hit himself in the head <laughs> several times <laughs> before going out to walk them out. I'm like... Are you, I guess he's waking himself up or getting pumped up. I, I don't, think magicians are just all insane. They're all just like weird. What the hell? Anyway, so he leaves. And we cut over to a police station where Julia is sitting in an, at an interrogation table. She looks very distraught and has a like a very squeezed coffee cup next to her. Like she has been like probably holding this coffee cup and squeezing it and unsqueezing it. It's, it's very messed up. She watched someone die. I know, I, mean, I know, but I'm just saying, I'm just setting what it looks like around her. So a cop walks in and says that Hannah's death looks like a brain hemorrhage and asks if she's had a history of that. I'm like, first of all, how do you have a history of a brain hemorrhage? Her brain hemorrhaged right out of her mouth. I'm like, and I'm like, that's a fucking nasty hemorrhage. Like, that's yeah, how much but... brain is in the blood exactly? <laughs> I mean, I mean, excuse me, it's a brain is in the blood. How much blood is in the brain? <laughs> Because that was a lot. That was a lot of blood to just be coming out yeah, of your she head. she like melted. That was not There's a brain no, hemorrhage. She almost looked like a damn candle. Like yeah. the way she, it was really creepy and ugh, jarring. So Julia clarifies that like, hey, I don't know her that well. She was not my friend. And she was wondering, why are you crying? And she was, I, I don't know why I'm crying. Because I watched crying, someone you just, die. Horrifically. Right? And you couldn't That's stop traumatic. it. I would cry too. Everybody would. My God. So this this cop lady, um, I guess she's a detective, possibly, I guess, um, tells her that she can go. Someone saying that she's Julia's sister is waiting to pick her up. And I'm like, oh, shit, that is not good. Mm -hmm. I, I one guess as to who that probably is, right? I'm so scared and excited. I really, oh, God. <laughs> so we jump back to Antarctica. And Quentin and Alice are back in human form and dressed in some 
white fleecy breakbills jumpsuits. It's lovely and preppy in like a very 80s way. And they look comfortable as hell. Yeah. Do they not? They like, do. I, I kind of want them. I don't mind if I'm wearing that and looking lame as long as everybody else is wearing it with me. <laughs> you know? It feels very culty, though, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to think Breakbills is kind of a cult. A little bit. A little bit. They are still coming to grips with having turned into geese, obviously. Yeah, what's that like? <laughs> I want to know. Like, well, I know they say it in the books. They refer to it like the experience. So if you mm-hmm. want to know more about that and you haven't read the books, you should probably go read the books and you'll find out why, what it felt like for them to turn yeah. into geese. <laughs> so that all happened in the books. So Katie shows up and wants to talk to Penny, who just reverted back to his bitchy self. Because apparently he was he's falling for Katie and thought that he could trust her before he found out that she had been lying to everyone. I mean, that was uh, not to like downplay what happened there. He was like, my deepest truth is I'm falling in love with you. And she was like, my deepest truth is I'm using you. That's rough. That's trauma as well. Poor Penny. And it sucks because she had to tell the truth, obviously, to get the damn rope off of her. But now she's like, I don't re- she doesn't regret telling the truth. She just hates that it had to come out then in that way. I'm sure. I mean, you know I, I mean? yeah, like, absolutely. That could have come out differently. And at a better time. Yeah. So he gripes that he's, you know, he's so like, he never, oh, that's what he said. Never mind. I was rereading my, my notes thinking, what the hell? Yeah, he's mad because he's like, I never got to, I never shit so much in my entire life because <laughs> he was a goose. Oh, <laughs> right. All the time. Yeah, it's such he's a like, weird. Yeah. And then he's like, but at least I got to eat bugs. <laughs> like, I mean, did you care at the time? Really? I mean, yeah, I would hope to be it? basically blacked out as a goose because I don't want to know. Just shit in midair. <laughs> I don't want to eat bugs. I don't want to know mm. I ate bugs. Yeah, well, I want to try chocolate-covered crickets or something sometime, but I just never have. At the same time, I'm kind of don't, you know what I mean? Like, but I kind of do. You know what? I, I will eat them when the meat is gone and we have to, but I'm I'm saving it until then. All the meat. <laughs> All the meat has left the earth. I will eat a bug. Okay. Yeah. Every time I think about somebody eating bugs, I think of that, um, what's that, uh, Far From Home? The Adventures of Yellow Dog with little Jesse Bradford when he was a kid. I mean, I know I've seen it, but I can't recall. He and his lab get lost in like the mountains. And so he has like mm-hmm. survival training from like the Boy Scouts or something. He's like mashing up grubs and bugs and stuff and eating them for protein. Most smart and it's survival. But at the same time, it's like, ugh. I think I would die. Oh, man. I, you would have to like really convince yourself I am eating porridge. You know, that's yeah. the only thing I can do. No. Anyway, back to Break Bills South. Okay. So Katie goes to Alice and confirms that just the four of them, for some reason, just the four of them were, were told to report to this room while all the others are in the library. I never understood why they just the four of them. I, I don't get it, but whatever. They don't even explain it later on. So Alice tells them that they are there to study with Mayakovsky, who Penny says he heard was crazy. And that prompts Mayakovsky to pop up from a chair because he wasn't his Because he's the room. crazy. Because he's crazy. But he yells, you heard wrong in his thick Russian-esque accent. I'm guessing he's Russian. Why wouldn't Break Bills teach you about like famous magicians before they're just like, 
be a goose. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Who designs the curriculum? I don't know. And you know what? So he's like, I'm not crazy. You heard wrong. I'm like, but something tell me that a hidden guy in the room isn't exactly the definition of yeah. sane. Yeah. But okay. Anyway. So he tells them to sit down. But they're just like, what? And they just kind of look at him from a, for a split second before he says, I do not ask and I do not order twice. Oh. I'm like, okay, this is starting to feel like they're in trouble. Why did he tell these four, mm -hmm. right? And they all take a seat at a long table in the middle of the room as Mayakovsky says he hates all of them. <laughs> like, well, damn. Cool. Bef before magically putting a spell in front of them that Quentin identifies as the Hammer Charm of Legrand. A spell that they already know. And Mayakovsky tells them that they don't know anything but tricks. Like a parrot learns Shakespeare for bird seeds. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Tell me more, a wise one, right? He calls Katie sultry but damaged, oh, which is accurate. God, you're a teacher. I know, but he's accurate. <laughs> he doesn't know her. He's looking at her like, you're sultry but damaged. All these people <laughs> are damaged, wrong. though. I know, but you know. He asks what the hammer charm of Legrand does, and she just kind of can't really. She's like, well, it, it's, um, uh, it's a, uh, um, and he says, one day your looks will be gone. And he warns her that she'll be selling oranges at an off-ramp if she doesn't have a brain. <laughs> like, damn. That's not fair. She knows a lot, but I don't think she's, like, academically trained. No, and A, and, and B, there's actually, she's in grad school. So she could still get a job. She doesn't need. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need. understand why people are so mean in the magic world. I don't Everyone's know why either. So like, mean. my God. <laughs> Your looks will be gone. Anyway, so I'm like, you got to hand it to him, though, because he's being really direct. And, you know, there's no coddling here, apparently. This is not helpful teaching, though. He's I just, mean, like, hateful. He obviously has a method, you know. Mm. But anyway, she, she finally rises to the challenge and says that it's a spell that makes nails go into a board perfectly straight. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that you have this... And you're not using this to, like, help people with, like, Habitat with Humanity or something? Just, like, make a bunch of houses in one day? See, I think magic drives you insane. So you don't do helpful things with it? No, I think you know? they're all crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. Because <laughs> there's, like, so many... There's different limits and different... It's just weird how everything works out. So nails suddenly fall on the table out of nowhere as Mayakovsky says, you think you know how to do this, but I assure you, you do not. Cool. I don't know why I'm saying it like this. I'm trying to do his accent. I'm, I'm not really good at it. But So Quentin decides to recite the spell, with, but with a snap of his fingers, Mayakovsky cuts him off and takes his voice away, saying that all their voices are their enemies. And I'm like, okay, see which? Yeah, seriously. Also, is this a school? What are we doing here? Am I going to be able to sleep with Prince Eric? Is that another one I can? Because you're taking my damn voice. Give me some legs. I mean, damn. But whatever. He then says, a great magician. And <laughs> she says, as you gaze into your mirrors in the coming years, you may recall that I was the last great magician you ever saw. A great magician is magic in his bones, blood, heart, and dick, or lady parts, whatever. Begin. And he leaves the room. Like, why is he so, like, crass? <laughs> See, I'm not convinced he has a method. I think he might be insane. And I'm not... I'm. Who's accrediting break bills? I don't know. Maybe what no one. What magical accreditor? 
I just think it's interesting <laughs> on rewatch how we like we and Quentin trust break bills and all these adults so much based on nothing. That's true. I mean, I mean, you kind of have to go with your gut, I guess, or your faith of they're not trying to kill you, but that's the only oh, thing you can go uh, with. This guy might be trying to kill them. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, he leaves the room and so they each grab their spell and under Quentin's, someone has carved into the table, abandon all hope ye who enter here. Like, oh, this crap. is what I mean. Like maybe this is another like thin the herd exercise. Yeah, it definitely is. And magician's opening title. Back at the cottage house. Right before we go into the cottage house and see what everything, there's a shot of the outside, and I noticed something about this outside shot. I mm-hmm. never noticed this before, but there's a small curved staircase up to a door on the second floor. Oh, that's cool. It's it, when you're not looking. If you don't see, because it's a, it's like a metal, like a really thin, like mm-hmm. you know, iron staircase or something, and it almost just looks like a Juliet balcony. But then you see a staircase going to it, and you're like, oh. That's- Oh, I've never noticed that. It was very interesting. I was like, there's an upstairs entrance. That's neat. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, so it appears that Margot and Elliot are going on a trip. And it's actually Ibiza since Margot enters in with a bikini and these like dangly bejeweled, I want to say yeah. a dress. Is that what it is? It's kind of like a. Like a cover up. It's not even a cover up. Right? <laughs> Nothing cover up. Yeah, anything, that's but, true. <laughs> but it kind of, I don't know if it's like a, a it's like a drapey ponchoy dressy i don't know what the hell it is but that's what it is <laughs> it almost looks like um indian or something you know what i mean i like, think there's a fancy word for it but i certainly don't know what it is i don't know but we finally we we meet a new guy um he's on the stairs and some of you may know him from the white lotus apparently he's on that he's played by actor adam demarco He's been in a lot of stuff, I've noticed, and he's recently been on the White Lotus, and I've seen some some pictures of his beautiful behind on on online lately because from that. So he he gets a note. <laughs> anyway, he appears on the stairs, and much to Margot and Elliot's annoyance, he apparently knows that uh, Encanto Oculto is the place to be. Oculto, Oculto. That's how they say it. But he can't go because you have to be invited by those that have been. And he's like, you guys have been. And he tries to tell Margot, you know what? You're so beautiful, Margot. And Elliot's just like, ugh. And <laughs> like at the audacity of this guy trying to butter them up. And I'm like, come on, Elliot. You know you're probably the exact same way your first year. Oh, totally. But this brings to mind, is this guy a first year? Because he seems like he's new, but if he was, he would be off doing what they're doing. So he's got to be like a second year at least, right? I I don't even know that the years mean anything at Break Bills anymore. I know. Like, what? how does this all work? We don't know. Is I don't know. Anyway, so Margo tells this guy, who we now learn his name is Todd. Here's the thing. Encanto Oculto is a solid week of sun, drugs, and magical art. Time stops, reality bends, and you fuck five times a day. And Elliot chimes in on a bad day. Like, damn. Oh my god. And Todd says, it sounds awesome. And Margo says, it is. It is, Todd. <laughs> but honestly, you'd end up being in a corner alone, bitter, bumming everyone out. Like last year at the Bacchanal, and Elliot adds, poor, what was his name? And they realize that his name was also Todd. 
and that this Todd doesn't want to be like that Todd who, quote, moped and whined and brought everything down. So Margot says someone turned the other Todd into a pig for fun. Not me and Elliot, though. We didn't do that. But they ate him. And this Todd's like, are you messing with me? And they just kind of stare him down. He's like, okay, never mind. Bye. And he leaves. And they just start laughing hysterically. And I'm like, were they telling the truth, though? And they're still laughing about it? Like, I don't know. That's the energy that the Wednesday TV series Yes. Yes, it does. It really does. (laughs) Totally. So Elliot says, they need a regalo or regalo or regalo. I don't know how you say it. A gift for the host of the trip, basically. Apparently last year they got them an actual bag of working dicks, which (laughs) Marshall calls it lame. And I'm like, it's more like grotesque because I think I just stick to rubber dildos things. I don't want actual dicks in a bag. That's just disconnected dicks in a bag. Just like flopping about. I don't want that. Thanks. (laughs) Elliot figures that they can make some magical gin. And Margo's like, mm, sounds good. She agrees. But he's like, uh, but there's a problem here. I only have like part of the spell. So we're going to have to go dig the rest of the, up in the library. Like they wouldn't have all the magical alcohol Already. spells. Stop. Right. Yeah, stop. Like he just now heard about magical gin. Really? Please. Whatever. So back at Breakbill South in Antarctica, Penny tries the hammer charm, but fails. He keeps failing it miserably. You can do it, Penny. And Katie enters the room, and I kept forgetting that they had been rendered silent. I'm like, why are they talking? Because <laughs> they've been rendered mm, silent. Yeah. And she it, it brings him what appears to be a chocolate bar, I guess. And mm-hmm. so she just, they just kind of stare at each other, and she leaves the room. This is one of the weirdest. It really episodes. is. There's so much. It's a, and that's really saying really is. something. So she walks down the hall and sees everyone in their own separate rooms trying this hammer spell. They're all screwing up. And I'm like, why? Also, why does this have that same blue grayscale look that like the city has when you show the city? Oh, yeah. It because does. it is still part of break bills. So I thought break bills was mm-hmm. in Technicolor. But mm-hmm. is it all because this is kind of like a, a deserted campus? And it's all like glum and like hopeless feeling. Is that what the whole thing is supposed to feel like? It's supposed to feel like that. Are we sure this is all official? I know. I don't know because it wasn't administered by the st- by the faculty. It was done by the damn other students. That's... So, yeah, I don't know. Seems yeah, like a prank. it really doesn't feel right. So it looks like Quentin and Alice are across the hall from each other. He can't get his nail to balance, and Alice balances hers but accidentally bends it as she's trying to put it through the wood. And they both look up at each other in like frustration and Quentin mimes putting a gun in his mouth and shooting. And they're like, oh, ha, ha. They're, you know, just kind of bonding non-verbally. And yeah, by the way, though, Quentin, don't make that joke. That not joke's funny. not for you. Yeah, that can don't. be real. Like that's <laughs> that joke's not for you. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I get the joke. I get it. You know, oh, just coming out. I'm right. Up all yeah. the time, but, you know, it's not funny jokes. But anyway, so Mayakovsky walks up in between them as they're doing this little kind of exchange. And he says, he just looks at them both and he goes, why don't you two just fuck? And I'm like, and they're like looking away from each other now. Like what? He goes, no, then try this work. And he walks off. I'm like, you're a harsh little Russian man, aren't you? (laughs) Any of this. I don't understand. I don't understand his purpose. Why is he like this? Why? 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 
So now we're back at Julia's apartment. And it looks like it was Julia's actual sister that came to pick her up. And I swore, I I, I mean, my memory was like, it's Marina. <laughs> I was sure it would be Marina going like, hey, yeah, sis. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, what's she going to do, right? So, but no, this sister is taller than Julia and she's blonde. And Julia insists that I'm fine and I just got hooked up with some sketchy people. Don't worry about me. And looking around her apartment, though, you can see that Sis is judging her housekeeping skills, which appeared to be none as we see old dishes and books scattered about. And Julia says she'll get to it. I'm like, how how many times you've been telling yourself that, Jules? Like, how many times you'd be like, I'll I get mean, to this. Look, and you just keep, it, you got to get it to it now or it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. I I just think that being on a quest and being addicted to drugs there's some overlap in how mm-hmm. it looks. I mean, it does. It does. Maybe <laughs> she could try to scrounge up some magical cleaning spells. That might help. You know. I think that's... Well, okay. Why does Julia want magic so badly? What does she want to do? What is her do? ultimate goal? We don't know anything yeah. about that. Right. Like, what does she want to do with magic? I think right now she just wants to, like, She wants to it. know all of it so that she can decide then. And it's yeah. like, that's not how you do things. You shouldn't have a plan. Like, this is what I want to go for and this is what I want. But no, you're just like. If she had a plan, she wouldn't burn every single oh brick. God. She's horrible about it. And She would have just learned from Marina for at least a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Truth. So, yeah, so she turns to her sister and she's like, thank you for picking me up. But and her sister's like, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay the night. And I'm like, oh, Julia. Kind of hard to hide them secrets from that family, isn't it, honey? (laughs) So she makes herself a drink. And, you know, I would be, too, if my sibling decided to stay the night all of a sudden. (laughs) You know, we jump over to the Break Bills library where Margot and Elliot are researching that magical gin spell. She's hung up on something in Arabic because she flunked it. And Elliot says he got an A because he paid for some, he paid for his answers in nipple clamps. And I'm like, what else counts as currency in this place? <laughs> Are there any good teachers who just teach stuff? Here's some nipple clamps. Oh, Jesus. Good, anyway. Yeah. Margo goes, well, a bag of dicks is sounding awfully good right now. I'm like, I'd rather a guy to be attached to one of them, but thank you. <laughs> I don't just want a dick if it's, you know. Look, the magic world is I don't depraved. need a real dick. I don't know. I, I, I want a real person attached to it. Thanks. You do you, boo. Whatever. A cute blonde guy appears behind Elliot, like out of nowhere. He's just there. <laughs> and she goes, a bag of dicks sounds good right now. And he's like, copy that. And, like, I've seen this guy, and his name is Jesse Lucan. He's been in several things, but the first thing I ever saw him in was uh, the sitcom Mom with Allison Janney and um, Anna Ferris. And he was, like, mm-hmm. a drug addict on that. And then he apparently he was also in 911 Lone Star. He's been in a lot of stuff, so. Oh, he just looks like a bully. I'm sorry, Jesse He Lucan. does have that kind of face. Like, you're like, ooh, something. Yeah, he's got that. It's the, it's the face. It's, his no, it's everything. He does. He has that kind of like he would try to beat you up or, you know, domestic abuse or something. He would definitely be the bad guy in a Mighty Ducks movie. <laughs> he would be the bad the kid. Bad kid. You know what the I bad mean? coach, but yeah, same thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> 
So he graciously offers to help them translate Arabic since he aced it a few years back. I'm like, this is all a bit convenient for me. It is. Like, yeah. who just offers to What's help people on? like this with no further intent? Very suspicious. He sits and introduces himself as Mike and shakes Elliot's hand. And they just kind of like hold their hands for a second. And Margo's like looking at them and she's like, I am the third wheel. You can tell looking at her face. What the hell? I am yeah. the third wheel. What is going on? So finally she's like, my name's Margo. Because <laughs> I'm not talking. It's just really long, awkward silence. We jump over to Breakbill South and they're still trying the damn hammer spell. And it looks like Alice and Quentin finally get it done at pretty much the same time. And they are relieved just as Mayakovsky shows up and sarcastically claps at them. Like, what an asshole. Like, There's nothing wrong with actually teaching people. Sometimes and letting people works. celebrate their wins after they've been trying something for a long time. Like, my God, you know. Like, he's just so bitter or jaded or both. I don't know. Anyway. He should have his picture next to bitter or jaded in the dictionary, basically. <laughs> I mean, he seems truly awful. I don't think he should be no, teaching. No, he shouldn't be. And he belittles them both. Like, oh, you know, well, celebrate this. Yeah. And, and it really pisses Quentin off, like, out of nowhere. So he does his quick tut hand movements and brings a whole bunch of nails down to the board. And it spells out dick. And I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I feel like you're going to regret this, but let's see. You know, but yeah. kudos to you for standing up to the bully of a teacher, right? And Mayakovsky slowly walks up to him and says, possibly your first intelligent communique. Communique. <laughs> That's what he says, communique. Which I wasn't expecting that, but I guess the gruff guy it respects it when you're gruff back or something. I don't know. I Yeah, I hate this stereotype. He says, now you're probably wondering what next? And then he just slaps Quentin squarely across the face like wow i see i don't think this is an accredited no. program <laughs> we hit our students here he says next spell is Buholds nail extraction and leaves i'm like damn oh man i bet you q is like regretting that tantrum he just had spelling out dick because now he's got to take out all those nails too mm-hmm uh Oh, well, he's going to get really good at that spell. I mean, he didn't ask what he was in yep, for. He shouldn't have reacted. So Alice walks over to check on him and they end up kissing really quick. And it's like, oh, and she walks back to her room. I mean, is that their first? No, they kissed, I think before. They kissed before. I can't remember now. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. They kissed on the roof for sure. Oh, and they probably yeah. kissed before then, too. I don't did know. they? Well, anyway, anyway, I don't know. So moving on, Julia's apartment. So her sister, who we still haven't learned her name, by the way. At least I never heard it. The show is so funny. They don't about like telling that. you their names. She tells Julia that she needs help and she can't go on like this, even though Julia insists she doesn't know what she. You don't know what you're talking about. But she's right. She doesn't know what she's talking about because she doesn't know what Julia's into. But uh, yeah, but how is Julia like paying rent? That's the thing. She's so affluent. You know that that place is owned by her family. It just has to be. But like, she also has to eat food and stuff. Like, how is she actually She's surviving have a trust or while she crap. does this? That's got to be it. But yeah, because this doesn't make yeah. sense. So their sister's like, "You're acting like you're like you're acting like daddy." And Julia's like, "You know, he was a drunk and he was crazy, and I, I'm not the same." I'm like, "Uh, 
you do have an addictive personality, though. Maybe he was a magician. Yeah, that's true. And didn't know what was going on in his life. And he had that hidden trap in him. Which, that could have been explored. That would have been great. Um, yeah. But, you know, she's acting like an addict anyway, right? And mm-hmm. apparently, before he was mind-wiped, James went to her family about her addiction cover story that she had told him. Which, you said from the beginning, this is I probably not a good idea. Not the good way to go. Which, truth, it wasn't. Never tell people that you have like a a really bad problem when especially you don't. if somebody in your family had it before you, and they're yeah. they're really gonna believe it then, you know? Because uh, mm-hmm. she could have attributed, oh, James was making up shit. He was mad at me, you know. I think I have a brain tumor. Anything is even better. Yeah, I'm you know, seeking help with a medical thing, and you can't come. Sorry. But then even then, her right. family would have been like, what's going on? At least then she could be like, oh, it went away, you know, at, at that point. Right. At least then it's not like I have a lifelong problem that I'm struggling <laughs> exactly. with. Exactly. That has a history in my family. And it's really bad right now. Ugh. So, yeah. Apparently, we learned that Julia's mom is kind of high profile. She's on the board at the freaking Met. That's so fancy. I don't even know how you would do I that. I don't know. And, like... She's trying to keep Julia's arrest out of the papers because she's trying to get a new law, a new apartment or something. And there's a bunch of other crap. She she doesn't want to get out. And I just knew, I just knew that Julia and Quentin were yeah, well you off did. the entire time. Yeah. And so sister says that mom says Julia needs to get help or. And Julia's like, I'm not crazy like daddy. And mom mm. is not sticking her means me in some place like she stuck him. Right. And I'm like, I wouldn't be so sure. You'd be surprised what these rich types would do to their own kin if it meant getting them out of the way for their own power-grabbing lifestyle, you know? They don't care. Oh, absolutely. I don't care if you're my offspring. You're in my way. But also, does Quentin know the stuff about Julia? Like, he must, right? Yeah, they grew up together. Why is he such an ass? No, he's just so self-involved. Anyway, so Julia says... Obviously, she'd be worried about thinking she was crazy, too. Yeah. And he's gaslit. Sorry, I'm just getting mad about that. It's going to be okay. eh? It's going to be all right. (laughs) So she says, I'm an adult. What can mom do? And her sister's like, mom is on the board with like 10 judges that she can influence to commit you at any time, Julia. Oh. I'm like, yeah. You might want to find what I would do. My first priority being Julia. Here's a goal for you, Julia. Find a mind wipe spell and mind wipe your sister and your mom. (laughs) From anything having to do yeah. with anything, you, your shenanigans. You know, that's one thing I would do. That would be my goal. You know that a spell exists somewhere. Find it and do it, right? So it seems like, you know, the sister's like, look, I'm trying to help you. And I can keep mom off your back if you just let me get you some help. I call the place and they can take you tomorrow. And Julie's like, what place? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. The sister could be pulling one over on you. You don't know. Yeah, trust I no mean, one. Do you want to trust her? You didn't seem to trust her in the beginning of this conversation, so maybe stick to that. Sister kind of seemed a little snobby anyway, even though she seems like she's trying to help, but she did kind of seem snobby mm-hmm. at the beginning of this, so I don't know. Okay, Break Bill South. Our main characters and a handful of others are sitting at the big table from earlier. Mayakovsky says that they are remaining there because they're the ones that passed. Everybody else got sent away. He's murdered. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> They just get thrown out and they're like, fly back. Oh, man, that would suck. He snaps his fingers to allow them to speak finally, but everyone stays silent. 
And he says, maybe you are teachable after all. And I'm like... Uh, just because you bullied them into silence? Yeah, you magically took away their voices. <laughs> I mean, you could have just asked them not to speak, dickhead. Like, And now they don't feel safe talking? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, kind of, yeah it's called conditioning. <laughs> oh my god, honestly. It probably wouldn't have worked to just ask them not to speak anyway. They would have kept talking. Anyway, but still. At least you would have given them a warning. Do it or I'm going to take your voice away. You know, something. So the next test task is mind control everyone has different insects or arachnids or whatever in mason jars in front of them and they are supposed to control all of these bugs however quinn's like that's kind of unethical and alice is like we were taught not to try to control living things and yeah yeah that's good yeah and that's the truth so like but mayakovsky's like he tries to guilt trip alice saying you know you know well your lunch didn't have free will, you know, being the cow that you ate. I'm like, that's okay, but let's not add more on then for no reason. And I'm like, first of all, dude, she didn't eat a live cow. <laughs> he was dead, not alive. These bugs are alive and you're going to be controlling them. Yeah, you can control a, yeah. a dead being because you just pick it up and move it. You know, that's how you control it. Like, it, there's right, no comparison. It's, not... it's a stupid analogy. I don't know why you did that, but. I don't think he's a real teacher. I don't either. He just I'm surprised none of them are saying that. Is he real? Is this dude where's I don't see a degree on the Have we been kidnapped? Have we seen degrees Does like, at know all? About any, this? any magical degrees, they've gotta have them, right? Well, we haven't seen any. I haven't seen anything. So yeah, he says mind control is everywhere. Do they want to be the controller or the controlled? I'm like, well, yeah, if you put it that way. Neither. Neither? Is that an option? Can we just not do that? Thanks. He unscrews Quentin's jar and a moth flies out, which oh. Quentin's like backing away from like, oh, my God. And like, you, you know, you know, this douchebag knows all about what happened with the beast at the main campus. You know, he probably knows Quentin has this trauma response and he just does not care. He's like, oh, good. You're afraid of that, huh? Huh? He's like, well, good. That, that fear will motivate you to control the damn thing. Mm. I'm like, oh, thanks. No, Quentin's already shaky. He's always been like this, so I don't know if that's. Let's not break. Well, him. definitely anger motivates him, and he did that dick thing really quick, like <laughs> you know. Anyway, so he moves over to Penny, and he takes a worm out of his jar, and as he's putting it on Penny's hand, he sees the tattoo that Katie gave him on the inside of his arm. He was like, "You're psychic, huh?" And so he's. He tells Penny to come with him and he he goes over to Mayakovsky's out office and he finds out that Penny is a traveler and he tells Penny that his tattoo is chain is like chaining him to a rock. Mm. It's not saving his life. And Penny's like, Yes, it is. And he's like, No, you should be free. Mayakovsky grabs mm. some sort of like tool. It almost looks surgical. And tells Penny that whoever told him to put that tattoo on him was like telling an eagle to fear heights. But I will help you. I will help you soar. Basically, like I'm going to teach you. And as much as I dislike him, you can tell this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. Like you, he's just like I've seen this before. Like he's just too matter of fact about it, you know? Yeah, he's actually serious. Yeah. So with Penny's kind of not really, it's like an unspoken consent because he doesn't leave. Um, he doesn't say it actually, but. Mayakovsky yeah. basically starts to physically dig into Penny's arm to remove this tattoo. 
that Katie had put there in the last episode. I'm like, ow, ow. Do you not know some kind of spell to remove a tattoo? And you know a spell for every other damn thing. And you're so smart. Mayakovsky is all about the visceral experience. He really is, man. Like, at least put me under first. My God. Can't rely on Or give me some of that damn vodka you keep drinking. (laughs) Fuck. Now back at the physical cottage, Margot is further annoyed by Elliot and Mike's flirting as she continues to build a device to make her gin, that magical gin. She says, this magic gin better make us unicorns that fart rainbows. Amen. Just buy some gin. And make it magical. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Apparently, this is some great gin. I don't know. I'd love to taste it. Whatever it is. Meanwhile, Mike and Elliot are just staring each other down. And she's like, guys, we have a lot of work to do. Just bang now. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's like so dumb. I am so over this damn sexual tension. Just get it out of your systems. Go. <laughs> I, I'm with her on it. Back at Break Bill South, Mayakovsky has dinner and a drink alone in his office. And then Penny suddenly materializes and says that he was just in his hometown in Florida, which I did not picture Penny as somebody from Florida. Yeah, same. I was like, you seem more like a Chicago guy or maybe even St. Louis or something, but not Florida. But now the vest with no shirt makes a lot more sense. Yeah, of course. It totally does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mayakovsky says, dull, again. So Penny's like, ugh, whatever, you know him. He vanishes, and then he appears right back, and he's um, in a, like, he's like in, he keeps popping up in this, like, hexagon or octagon or whatever. It's like a circle. He keeps reappearing. It's like like he's controlling where he can appear at or Mm -hmm. come back at. So he comes back, and this time he thinks he was in Afghanistan because there was a a lot of desert with guys who had guns and he thinks he saw a drone and Mayakovsky tells him again. So he disappears again. All the while the teacher is just drinking his ass off. So Penny he comes back and he's smoking. His shirt's all singed. And apparently it was just in a freaking volcano. He was like, he's always just a freaking volcano. And Mayakovsky's like, which you survived gold star. <laughs> like, like, Oh my God. Wow. Like, no, I mean, I guess you, the way to do it is just to jump right in on both feet. And that's why he's trying to teach him, I guess, you know, you got to be able to learn to control where you're going. Yeah. That's basically what he's trying to do. And he's, he's controlling where he's going to appear back at Breakbill South with that shape. So that's good. Anyway, later somewhere else in Breakbill South, Quentin and Alice are being tested with these like electrode things stuck to their temples and all these like hoops that look kind of, they're all glowing hoops that look like these like mini mm-hmm. Quidditch game pieces. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to have like. This is such a strange episode. A tabletop Quidditch game. That's what it looks like this is, right? Yeah. And um, they're all, and they're hooked up to them. And Mayakovsky says that they're the only ones who can control their bugs. They're the last ones who have been able to control anything, right? They haven't mm. been able to do anything. So he goes, he's like, you haven't been able to control anything. And he says, it's surprising for you, Alice, but not really. He kind of looks at Quentin, not really for you. He doesn't know them. I know. I'm like, come on, dude. And it's like Quentin is late to the joke or something because he doesn't like, he doesn't show that much surprise. (laughs) He's like, wait, huh? What? Anyway, so this Russian guy does a quick flick of his wrist and says that he's turned the hoops into bug zappers. He releases a jar of fireflies and says they need to control them or a bug gets zapped by the rings and both of them feel it. Because they're hooked up to it. You're like, oh, like a headache, I'm sure. 
Is this a school? I ask again. This is fucking torture. I mean, it's, yeah, it, this is awful. Yeah. He says their fate is now tied to the lowest form of sentient life, which he says is appropriate. I'm like, like, the condescension is not needed to be a motivator, right? Yeah, these are just students. I don't understand. They haven't done anything wrong. They haven't done anything to you personally, but you act like they have, like shit. Also, he's drunk all the time. Did we say that? And just angry. Just an angry person. Yeah, very angry. So Q and Alice decide to focus on one firefly together. They move it carefully through all the hoops and are success. They're yay. They celebrate. And Quentin somehow accidentally grabs Alice's boobs. I don't know how that happened. I mean, why were his hands mm, there? I don't get it. Exactly. He pulls back immediately. like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, but why did you have your hands there? But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he was bringing them up to eventually open them to hug her. And then she just went right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't understand how that happened. Anyway. They get off task and more of their barks, their barks, bugs start to get zapped, basically knocking Quentin out. I don't know why I knocked him out, but not Alice. But after a commercial, Quentin wakes up and to Mayakovsky throwing sprinkles of vodka in his face. Typical Russian humor. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mayakovsky asks Alice if she wants him to flunk Q so she can pass the test alone. And she's like, no. He knows that she could probably do it, but she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And this is the Alice that I like. Her sticking up for people, sticking by people, using her knowledge to help overall. I like this Alice, right? I mean, they've formed some connections, although I still think Quentin should run far, far away from her. She's dangerous. Yeah, she's she's definitely not stable, and he doesn't. mm -mm. So they go back at it again, and after several attempts, they finally get all their bugs to go through all the loops. And Mayakovsky says that they are fucking bland and says he sadly cannot flunk them when Alice asked, Are we, did we fail? And he was like, no, sadly, I can't flunk you because you actually did it. I'm like, damn, Jesus. you're mad about that. Like, This is so demotivational. Like, Thanks a lot. He leaves and tells them to rest and eat and meet him in the entryway at, at 5 p.m. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's like they want him to congratulate them, but like, when what makes you think this guy is ever going to dole out any praise <laughs> you know well yeah i mean quentin constantly wants praise for stuff like this and we don't have an idea of like is this hard is this easy is this like we we don't have a good idea of where they are with magic learning yeah and we don't know i mean did they go to all these basics classics and we classes and we just never saw it or ever heard about no. it I feel like that'd be so important for us to at least see one. We didn't get any of it. Or them mention it in conversation. Yeah. If they didn't want to devote a scene to it. So like, I feel like Quentin is still half confused all the time when he's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. I mean, I, I, and you can kind of empathize with that. You're like, we don't know yeah. either, Quentin. <laughs> we are just as lost as you. 100%. So now we're in Katie's. Break Bill South dorm room or whatever. And Penny shows up in the doorway to confess that he almost died in that volcano. He says he realized he didn't want to die without knowing about her and asks if she feels like telling him anything. But she says, you know, you can tell me anything. Right. And she says all she has to do is to drop her wards so that he can actually access her mind to see the truth. Like shit. She put wards on herself. (laughs) Smart. I think Katie's had a hard life. She really has. So she does, she looks, she closes her eyes for a second, then she finally goes, all right, come on in. 
and they both close their eyes and he opens his like almost immediately and says he sees something about her mom and he mentions that her mom is the only person in the world that you love like you're the only person like your mom's the only person you care about that you love and she's like well not anymore oh i'm like oh tear building relationships getting all lovey-dovey we love finding connections yeah we love connecting and when people with bad lives come together and they make a good life it's nice they like each other yeah over at the physical cottage margo stands at the foot of the stairs leading up to elliot's room and looks annoyed as he and mike are banging their brains out and laughing and having fun (laughs) and i can't tell if she's jealous of mike or of elliot or whatever what do you think I mean, I'd say envious in general of just like, it sounds like they're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I want to have fun. And basically, I think this whole scene is just basically so we can cut back to after the banging in Katie's room that she and Penny had just gotten it on because we had like 10 seconds. So it was like the quickest mm-hmm. sex scene ever. <laughs> and they are wrapped in each other's bliss. They're just happy to be with each other and. Penny says, maybe Katie can buy her servitude out from Arena if, you know, if you got some kind of one of a kind magic. And she says, it had to be amazing. And he says, it is. He saw it in Mayakovsky's office. I'm like, oh, Penny, Penny, no, Penny, don't do it. Bad ideas. Bad, bad, bad. Now we're back at the physical cottage. And Margot has finished the magical gin machine and tells off Elliot and Mike, you did not help Emmy hardly any at all. Todd was more helpful than you. And then she turns to Todd and says, I was only using your name for effect. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Todd. <laughs> yeah, he tries. He, really he wants to be involved. Mike says that he hopes he and Margot can get to know each other better. And Margot's like, maybe after Ibiza. <laughs> like, I don't trust him, by the way. He's just out of him? nowhere. No, he's out of nowhere. I don't nowhere. trust him. Yeah. He does not seem, it's just, he just seems skeevy, but. So Margot turns the machine on, and at first it appears like it's not going to do anything until the bottle fills with some kind of dark green smoky substance, it looks like. She calls for Todd to get olives. Uh, Todd, get olives. Because <laughs> they're going to make some gin. They're gonna, I guess they're going to make some uh, martinis. Mm-hmm. And she uncorks the bottle, and she lets out a gin. A genie. A gin spelled yeah. D-J-I-N-N yeah, and not Jin G-I-N. <laughs> and he only speaks Arabic, which makes sense because she was reading from an Arabic book. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm guessing Mike would be the only one to understand him. That's what it seems like. And Elliot says that they, you know, oh my gosh, it's a gin. We could bring him as our gift to the hosts. And I'm like, yeah, oh. I'd think on that for a sec. You never know when he would come in handy, like a genie, you know? Also, you don't know the rules of any of the, like. Yeah. Mm, it's no. not as cut and dry. It's not like freaking Aladdin. Not Ara- Arabian yeah. Nights or anything. And so the djinn sort of like bows to Margot and suddenly rushes at Mike and grabs him. And the lights flicker and we see Margot's shocked reaction. She was like, what the fuck? And we cut away. And I'm like, what just happened? What just happened to Mike? <laughs> yeah. Break Bill South. We're in the entryway. Mayakovsky comes downstairs to find Alice and Quentin waiting for him. He just simply goes like, take off your clothes. And surprisingly, Alice is the one that speaks up and she's like, come on. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, I like that she's being less timid now, you know, finally. And he says, you think this is the worst it can be for you? Do it. 
What? Why are we in prison? What's going on? Okay, so they're doing it, and it's like very awkward. It's very no. uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I'm. So this is a teacher. Yeah. The next thing we see is that they're being pushed outside and locked outside in this like negative degree temperatures, yeah. snow and wind blowing everywhere. I mean, it'd be like instant frostbite, right? Wouldn't it? Yeah. And I don't think you would live long. I know. We cut to a commercial break. And when we come back, Alice and Quentin are like taking shelter in what appears to be some kind of like garage or supply closet type building. And we keep like cutting and they're like making out and they're like it, it the footage starts to cut back and forth to them when they got pushed out of break bill South and they somehow have turned themselves into foxes. I guess it's really weird. It's not really, you have to have to figure it out mm-hmm. and they're frolicking about outside. They're chasing each other. They turn back into humans outside. They have sex in the snow. They come inside and they're making out again. And they're talking about how wonderfully warm it was having fur and, Wait, I mean, they had sex as foxes, right? I, I thought they had sex as foxes. They did, but they were also doing stuff in the snow as humans. Oh, okay. So, I mean, maybe they turned back into humans while they were having sex as foxes. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. And I don't know what fox genitalia is like, because I know, like, they're kind of cat or dog-like. I don't no know. No idea. I don't know if it's a lipstick situation or, like, a cat with a grappling hook. You know what I'm talking oh, about? And I do. It's It's bad. If you don't know what I'm talking about, audience, go look up cats' penises. It's it's scary. Don't look that up. Well, if you want to be horrified, look it up. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's the reason why cats wail. You'll know why when you see it, when they're having sex. Wouldn't you? My God. Um. Anyway, so yeah, but this whole situation, the whole scene, even as foxes, it's all kind of hot and sexy. You know what I mean? Because it's got this I, like. I found it weird. It's like strangely romantic, but also I don't like it. That's what I mean. It's kind of like it's got this. <laughs> you don't really. It's romantic and it's kind of sexy because they're in love and you're like they're they just turned into foxes and fucked in the snow. But it's a little bestiality in there somehow. It's yeah. It, you get this like simple plucky piano so music weird. playing and you're like, oh, this yeah. is nice. And you're supposed to. I guess you're supposed to get the feeling that oh, this is wonderful kind of feeling. Uh, but, I don't know. But we get to see the aurora borealis. At least we get that right. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was only. I guess it's at both poles. Um, there's all kinds of places you can see it. So, so it's. Yeah, I thought it was like. Sense. I didn't. I didn't realize. I thought that was like a. That's a North Pole thing, but I guess they do it in South Pole too. I mean, it makes sense. I guess there are also places in Canada you can see it. Apparently, hmm. interesting. At the physical cottage, Margot is freaking out and blaming Elliot because this was all his idea to make the magical gin. And so Todd walks up and explains like, hey, um, that genie was speaking Arabic. And he said, yes, mistress, I understand. And then he went for Mike. So basically he was reading your thoughts, Margo. And Mm. she's like, well, that's fucking rude. (laughs) I love Margo. I swear. That's fucking rude. She's so calm when she says things. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Elliot is pissed off, of course, and Margo's just like, look, I wanted Mike to go back where he came from. So Todd figures out, well, that's probably where you first met him. And so off they are to the library, and Margo grabs Todd, which I thought was kind of nice, but then I realized it's probably because she needed a buffer between her and Elliot, and mm-hmm. probably a translator if, she, if they needed the Arabic. That's probably the only reason why. So they arrive at the library and Margot and Elliot are arguing and whatnot. And Todd 
Todd. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Todd. 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 Todd calls for them, and they find Mike in the library, of course, on his knees, licking a doorknob, like making out with it, it looks like. And Elliot's like, you need to stop. When he walks over to the gin pops up and grabs him by the throat. And so Margo, like, you know, he's like, stop this. And so Margo uncorks the bottle and it's like, put him back, you know, put him back to the way he was. And so the gin does whatever and jumps back into the bottle and she corks it back up. Mike is fine. He stops licking the doorknob. And Todd's like, what was that about? And Margo's like, well, to clarify, my joke was for him to go back to where he came from and suck on another knob. Oh, my God. Margo. And she goes, that gin is so literal. <laughs> oh, my God. Margo. She's such a Oh, my God. I love her. I love her to death. She would be fun to be around, I think. Just to watch. Not really, like, do anything with because you. Oh. Yeah, I don't want to interact with her. No. I don't want to get too close. No. You better be powerful if you're going to interact with her because you don't know what's going to happen. All right. We're jumping back to Break Bill South one more time. And Penny shows up with a little baggie for Katie. Apparently, it's small enough for them to travel with if they turn into geese again. And Katie's like, oh, great. They're in they're in bliss. Like, Penny's really, really don't sweet steal. and nice. Katie's like, yay. She walks back into her room and she walks in and finds Mayakovsky just standing there. And they're just, she just looks at him and he looks at her and she immediately just like relinquishes and hands over the contraband. Mm. And he tells her like, you know, when you dropped your mental wards for Penny to read your mind the other day, I saw everything in your head. <gasps> and he tells her about, you know, and we figured out um, this woman who had a spell go on awry and died. That's your mom. And she's, your mom's dead, by the way. <gasps> And, but your good news is you're free of Marina now, I guess, because the mom's dead. Her debt's paid or whatever. And also, Break Bills now knows of your treachery and you're expelled. What the fuck? I'm like, shit. She's like, but I had no choice because I was, you know, Marina was basically blackmailing her, you know. Mm-hmm. And Mayakovsky's like, well, look, he's surprisingly on her side. I did not think he would be. I don't think he's a rule follower. No, he likes that she's, you know, going her own way, I guess. And he's like, you know, you deserve a better than Break Bill's punishment. And I'm like, that's that's true. She does. He She didn't, mm-hmm. you know, she had to do this. He tells her that he needs to, you know, you need to start thinking about Penny. He's got this gift and it's a curse for him and he needs to concentrate on how to control it and blah, blah, blah. And she asks, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, well, what we all do each moment, decide. I'm like, uh-oh. And that's where we see the next thing we know, we see this goofily giddy Penny and you're just like, he looks so sweet and so happy. And he's coming back into her room to see her and he finds her gone with a note that only says, forgive me. And we see Katie exiting by herself in the snow. And I'm like, oh, I feel so horrible of them. You know, really bad for Penny, bad for Katie because I mean, everybody's situation in this is screwed up. You know? I mean, Katie has nowhere to go. Really? She's in Julia's shoes now. But yeah, I that's awful. Not in the same shoes, but you know what I mean. It's, also, you know. I don't understand. Like, so anybody who drops their mental wards at any time can just be like mind raped by anybody else. I guess. Who's around. Like, what the fuck? That's not okay. 
I don't know what, you know, they never read that damn contract they signed when they were going to break balls. You don't know. know what they're allowed to do. I know. I mean, we really needed the scene with Quentin and a lawyer where the lawyer's like, are you sure you want to sign this away? Because, you know, there's some shit they can do to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, I like hand movements and I like magic. Did you hear there might be a door to fillery? <laughs> <laughs> We jump back to the physical cottage, and Margot finds out that Elliot has decided to skip out in Ibiza to stay with Mike. Wow. Ew. Ew. Wow. Of course, she feels heartbroken. and But he's like, look, I'm going to go back with you one day. I just, you know. He does this, like, they have this, like, little moment, and it's really, I'm going to glaze over it with this. I basically call it a, our friendship is strong moment, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, don't worry. We're moving. We're growing. We don't have to do everything together. That kind of thing. And Margo's like, all right, fine. Todd, you can come with me. But if you're going to come with me, you need to fit in. So don't talk. And I love this part, though. Elliot pulls him aside and is like, I need you to take care of Margo. Make sure she hydrates. Make sure she wears sunblock. And she waxes. Mama's down south can get jungly. <laughs> I'm like, how fast does it get jungly? My God. <laughs> also, he's saying this to someone who probably wants to sleep with Margot as well. I don't know. Todd's. That's true. We don't know anything about Todd yet. We don't know anything about Todd, but Todd's not coming off as straight to me, but that's just my opinion. Margot hands Todd the bottle with the gin in it and like, you're going to guard the genie. And he's like, ooh, he's excited about it. I'm like, oh, don't you smell? You better watch that bottle. I want to go, though. I want to go to this Ibiza trip. That sounds like fun. Yeah, that sounds wild. <laughs> it really does. Just to watch. I would gladly not talk and sit in the corner and watch people and just, you know. Oh, yeah. There's no way that I'm fucking either one person five times a day. That's exhausting. Or five people each every day. Like, good God. How Who long is this trip? <laughs> right. Oh my god. How sore are we going to be by the end of it? My god. Seriously, I just want to like sleep and go to the spa. You know, can't I just have like magical orgasms instead of actually having <laughs> sex? Thanks, you know. They've got to have something. They've got to have it. Okay, so break bill south. We see Quentin and Alice start to hook up again and they're in lovey-dovey mode at the moment. Okay, whatever. We go back to the physical cottage. It's just a bunch of jumping back and forth between these two. And it's in the middle of the night and we see Mike is in bed with Elliot and he wakes up and he saunters into the kitchen to grab a drink from the fridge when he sees a moth buzz by him. And I'm like, oh shit, no. not now, not now, please. It lands on the mirror, the small mirror on the wall behind him. And we jump over to Elliot who's starting to stir and he's like, what? Oh, Mike's not here. Mike, come back to bed. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And we cut back to Mike and the moth, the moth that is now glowing this like fluorescent blue. And we see Mike's eyes are also glowing fluorescent blue. And he's like, be right there. I'm like, oh, shit. No, Elliot, get out now. Get out now. What's going on? Oh, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. At Break Bill South, the first years start to walk through Mayakovsky's office and through a door that leads back to Break Bill's main campus. Quentin asks, where's Katie? And Penny passes by and says, who gives a shit? And Aww. he walks to the door. I'm like, damn it. I like Happy Penny. Damn it. <sighs> yeah, this season could also be sad boys and girls. Yeah, it really could. And you know what? I have a question here. So if they could have just walked through a portal the entire time, what was the point of them turning into geese? 
because you just know some of them died as geese. And they, I guess back at break bills, the staff is like, all right, three more down. Cool. I guess. It's the only I don't way I understand can... their plan. but I didn't understand the purpose of that. You know? They seem to just keep trying to take out as many kids as possible. Or not kids, but like students as possible. And another thing is maybe they're just kind of getting them used to transformative magic. Yeah, but I think generally you don't like have someone jump off a roof, become a goose, and then fly halfway around the world. I, I mean, I agree, but... Like maybe at first... Maybe, <laughs> maybe across the yard <laughs> right like you just know like some of them probably got knocked off course or like fell out of the sky got tired I, I would rather you just turn into a goose and fly around your town for a minute and then come back you know i don't think they're being taught things i think no, no, no. it's it's more like a survivor break bills kind of mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm. Yeah, you're testing it, and if you don't pass the test, then you're out. Sorry. What is it? Outwit, outthink, outlast, whatever the survivor things are. Yeah, that's what they're learning. And each one of them is having their damn tiki torch put out. (laughs) If they don't get through it. Yeah, I mean, watching this, you're like, Quentin, you are not notably better than any of these people, so I don't think you're going to be here long. No, no, you're not. Not really. (laughs) But I think a lot of it's like, we know that there's some kind of destiny for Quentin. So I think a lot of it is they're just keep giving him passes because he's supposed to be there or something. And that's the only thing I can think of the reason why he's still there. Cause he would have flunked out a long time ago. Yeah. My, I, there's definitely know. more like mystery mythology to it. Yeah. So anyway, um, Mayakovsky stops Quentin and Alice and says that, you know, you should be grateful because I unlocked your inhibitions, you know, and now you can show that you're in love. And then he he goes, I offer you more. He says, I'm going to give you your life purpose. Go live and prove me wrong. You know, he says that, you know, you should love each other and be happy and honest and lovey-dovey and come back with your kids a few, you know, in 50 years and gloat over my frozen corpse. Like, what? What is going on? I don't understand that. But, and then Quint, he asks Quentin, so why'd you turn into a fox? And he goes, you could have been anything. You could have been this type of creature, this creature. And he was like, because the fox knows how to be happy or whatever, something like that. I'm like, okay. They could have been anything? They could have been anything. Apparently, he chose to turn into a fox, which, I mean, why not? I I mean, mean, that's cool, I guess. Could have been a polar bear. If you could be anything, probably wouldn't choose fox first. No. What does the fox say? That's exactly what I thought of, too. Yeah. He was like, why the fox? Because it goes ring, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, my God. Please make that TikTok of like this, of him saying why the fox. That would be fun. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Right. What does the fox say? That would. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. So Quentin tells my coffee, you know what? You really are a great teacher because he's learned a lot there. Right? No, he's not. And my coffee's like, I know. And Quentin's like, okay, then. And then just leaves. <laughs> like, he's expecting this, like, moment between them. And it's like, that's not going to happen, Quentin. <laughs> just leave. It's pretty funny. And that's where Alice meets up with him on, back on the Break Bills campus. And they walk back to their building. And everything is all happy and hunky-dory. And that's the end of the episode. So, we actually got a teacher maybe teaching things. <laughs> 
<laughs> at I least interacting know. with the students in a way to where they're going to learn something, whether or not it's a good way to learn it is. It kind know, of feels debatable. like the main break bills staff was still on that luxurious vacation. And they were like, I don't know, turn them into birds and send them down to Mayakovsky for a while. Yeah. And they're it all does, just yeah. drunk somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> they're watching from somewhere. They're probably making fun of all of them, watching they're, all their sex and everything. They're in Ibiza. <laughs> That's probably where, yeah. Uh, but you know what's funny? It's like this was practical applications for them. Because he's like, in a way, he's like, instead of them just reading about the spells and the charms they got to do, they actually had to apply them. Because, like, the I mean, nail I get thing. it. There are just so many different ways to teach that that are less abusive. Oh, yeah. You don't have to be a jerk about it. <laughs> right. I, I get it. Like, get you didn't that. have to, like, destroy all of their egos as well. I agree. I kind of also, another question I have for this episode is, um, what sort of program is Julia's sister going to take her to? Yeah, that's a good question. Is it, uh, like, a, is it like a stay there type program? I mean, look, this show, or this season, as we've watched so far, it's not a show about details at all. It is a no. show about like big picture ideas and concepts. I know. But when you're rewatching it, you're like, I got questions. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have so many questions. And primarily still wondering why Quentin is just like, oh, yeah, rolling with it. He is not a person who rolls with it. No. He should nope. be a lot more fussy about things. He really should. I don't you know, understand. Will he, will he and Alice last? We don't know. No. Will he and Penny stay friendly towards each other? We can hope. It doesn't seem like maybe it they'll Penny date got... eventually. <laughs> What's hope? You never. What know. about Katie? What about Katie? What is she going to do now? I don't she's kicked know. Out? I hope there's a place for her because she's really smart and capable. And she really is. No, I don't feel like she got a good chance. Just like I feel the same about Julia. Like. She started off feeling like a generic, like, I'm the bad girl character. But now it's like. Well, that's her mask. Right. And you start realizing, oh, there's, she has to play that character. It's a defense. It's. Yeah, it's interesting because now that we are learning more about them, it's totally possible that Alice and Katie showed up to day one of break bills with the same level of skill for all we know. Oh, yeah. She's probably like very well versed in all the things, you know. Right. It's so interesting that like Margot should go after Katie, but isn't even on her radar because the way Katie like carries herself and like doesn't get involved and doesn't like mm -hmm. draw attention in that way. It's so interesting. And she's not trying to like impress Margot in any way or or hide from her. She's yeah. just like, I'm here. I don't give a shit. You know? Right. It's so interesting. So Margot's like, eh, I don't need to deal with you. Yeah. You know, that's got to be the case. Well, let's discuss this, audience. What do you think about all these situations? You know, why don't you reach out to us on social media? Orlean, why don't you tell them where they can find you? So they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky Orlean. The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap. Or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And I would love to hear, what would they do if they were, like, on a roof, things were getting sexy, they were naked, body painting, getting real intimate, and all of a sudden they turned into a fucking goose? <laughs> what would you do? What would you do, audience? 
what would you do? How would you react? Showing all of a sudden you're a goose flying to another school. And I mean, it's a freaking, it's two continents away. I mean. Would you just roll with it and put on the approved Ralph Lauren snow uniform? Oh, I would love to wear that. <laughs> it looked really comfortable. But yeah, let us know what you think, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week for episode eight entitled The Strangled Heart, which sounds like a Christopher Pike book. That does not sound optimistic. It really does. I swear it sounds like a Christopher Pike book. It does. It really does. Yeah. The Strangled Heart. Um, Yeah. So have a good one. See you next week. Bye. Bye.